This is an Equity Beats Media podcast. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equity Mates Media. This series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. You don't need a lot of brains in this business. Investing in yourself is the best thing you can do. Anything that improves your own time. Now you can get rich very young just by having an idea. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing. In this podcast, we cover all the basics you need to start your investing journey. Are you joining us for the very first time? Is this the very start of your investing journey? Well, before you dive into this episode with us, our feed is designed to go from the very beginning. So we strongly recommend that you scroll up and start from episode one. However, if you're feeling brave and just want to dive in, then don't let us stop you. Here at JSI, we unpack all the jargon and the confusing bits. We hear your investing stories with the goal of making investing less intimidating. And we want to have a good time along the way. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be with you. Very excited, not just for this episode, but for this week. Christmas might come once a year, but the ASX Investor Day comes twice. It's twice the fun. Uh, and, you know, we love uh, here on Equity Mates and Get Started Investing uh, to celebrate this, this milestone, this time of the year with our ASX week. And that's what we're doing in this episode. And that's what we're doing throughout the week on this podcast feed and on the main Equity Mates podcast feed. That's it. We have a great episode lined up today, but stick around over the week on Wednesday. We have another episode with John Caulfield from Vanek looking at five common mistakes when investing in ETFs. And then on Friday, we sit down with Gemma Dale from NABTRADE talking about all things to do with building a portfolio. But today is all about the Australian Securities Exchange, the ASX. You would have heard about it if you've started your investing journey. Don't worry if you haven't, because we're about to unpack it all now. And it is our absolute pleasure to welcome Helen Chong from the ASX to Get Started Investing. Helen, welcome. Thank you very much, Bryce and Alec. Great to be here. So Helen is a business development manager of investment products at the ASX. And today we're going to be covering the role of the ASX, the changing nature of investors in Australia, and then a few tips and tricks to help you on your investing journey. Helen's an expert. So before we kick into it, Helen, are you able to give us a rundown on what the ASX Investor Day is and what we can expect from it? Yeah, certainly. So ASX Investor Day is our key ASX Investor Education Roadshows, um, and we're very proud of having to run this, um, you know, uh, for, for a couple of years now. And um, traditionally, we run this around the country, so um, typically twice a year and in May and November uh, it was really great to have you both there in May this year. Um, we managed to squeeze that in just before the lockdown. Um, and traditionally, it's run as a full-day program. And what we really want to give investors is a taste of, you know, all things investing. So ranging from investment basics to your market updates, how to build a portfolio, how to pick a stock. Um, so there's, there's a wide range of content there um, for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So traditionally, you guys go around the country, you deliver it in most major capital cities, This year, because of COVID, it's all online. So if people want to watch any of the sessions for free, 
uh, head to the link in the show notes. It's all there, including Helen moderating a session. So that's one not to be missed. <laughs> Thanks for the plug. Yeah. Much appreciated. Uh, yeah, so, uh, so in addition, you know, my team, um, we've got the wonderful Anastasia as well from ASX who are moderating a chat on investing on income along with a lot of other really great experts. And I know some of you um, – will also be able to hear from the experts in the coming weeks. Yeah, I love it that it's broken into, um, you know, the type of stage you're at as an investor, beginner, intermediate, advanced. And as you said at the top, Alec, we've got five episodes over on the Equity Mates feed all of this week as well that go into a bit more detail around some pretty interesting investing thematics. So uh, go over and uh, have a listen to those if you're interested in going a little bit deeper. Mm, And there's a heap of stock picks as well that come out of this week, uh, the ASX week on the the Equity Mates podcast, but also in the sessions that we didn't get to cover, but you can see on the ASX website. So that's probably enough of a plug. Let's, uh, Let's talk about the ASX. And Helen, this podcast is for the very basics of investing, uh, you know, very much investing 101. So we wanted to start this conversation at the very beginning. Uh, tell us about the ASX. What is it and what role does it play in Australia? Yeah, I think it's a great question to start. Um, you know, we always hear ASX and ASX up, ASX down. And what does it all mean? ASX stands for Australian Securities Exchange. So thank you very much for the intro earlier. <laughs> um, so it was actually created by the merger of the Australian Stock Exchange and the Sydney Futures Exchange in July 2006. So ASX is one of the world's top 10 listed exchange groups measured by market capitalization. We are actually more than just the share market. So obviously we are the primary exchange here in the country, but we also operate the market. We offer a wide range of services and this includes listings. So as you all know, that's the companies listed on the ASX, but we also offer trading, clearing and settlement, technology and data services. Nice. So we'll unpack that in a little bit, but uh, are there any myths about the ASX that you want to bust um, or perhaps, you know, anything that you believed about the ASX before you started working there that, you know, you've since realised you're wrong about? Yes. Yeah, so for starters, Australian Stock Exchange, that's a big no-no. <laughs> uh, I think many of us have that um, just in our heads yeah, that it yeah, is the yeah. Australian Stock Exchange, but in fact, this is the Australian Securities Exchange. Um, and yes, that's definitely drilled in my brain now. And I had the idea that we were mainly a place to just buy and sell shares. Um, and it's not the case. As I mentioned before, we've got um, a wide range of different services that we offer. Perhaps it'd be worth taking this time to go into a bit of detail in each of those business services that we offer. Sure. Um, so first off, we have listings and that's the, you know, the exchange. Our role is to provide a place for companies to list their shares and raise capital. And, you know, reasons for that could be to grow their business, to raise their profile or, you know, in hopes of improving their valuations. So once the companies are listed on the ASX, we then provide a market for investors to come and buy, sell shares in these companies um, using their stockbroker or financial advisor or an online platform. Um, so we're not a broker, um, yes. contrary to popular belief. Uh, And then another role we offer is that we have investment products as well. So looking beyond those 2,000 stocks, we actually have over 600 products on top of that. And that includes ETFs as well to help investors diversify. Um, We have a clearing and settlement business. Um, So, you know, what that means is beyond uh, looking at the role of the exchange to, you know, um, have a marketplace for people to come and buy and sell shares. We also offer the clearing um, and settlement of transactions in these products. So once the product has settled, so say if you you bought a stock or an ETF and that's settled, that will sit on your holder identification number, which is PIN. Um, So to those of you who are familiar with um, 
trading through a broker, that's where the clearing and settlement bit comes into to confirm that transaction. So uh, so that that's three of the businesses. And then finally, we have a data business. So we help to provide data to information vendors and software developers as well. And that helps them with servicing their own clients on their trading platforms, um, software and research tools. So, you know, ASX is more than just a place where people come together to buy and sell shares. Yeah. And I suppose the other thing that, you know, when I started, I was so excited about was that I thought we had a physical trading floor. Um, And I know, I think back when we first met and we had a chat, uh, you were quite keen to come and see the trading floor, but unfortunately that's uh, no longer there. It's been many years ago since we got rid of it. Yeah, Yeah. Bryce and I were pretty keen to do like a live event on the trading floor. We thought it would be a great experience, but unfortunately can't do it. Yeah. Can you get it back? Well, I mean, I could certainly, you know, see what I can do internally. Um, but, you know, when people think stock exchanges or securities exchanges, mm. you think New York Stock Exchange, you know, like your Wall Street and you know, yeah, it's all very, yeah. very exciting and you see all of that hustle and bustle. But we actually got rid of those quite a few years ago, you know, um, as I mentioned, but the history of ASX, you know, there was a merger happening and then there were actually three trading floors that happened um, at the time. So there was the equities trading floor, there's an options trading floor and also a Sydney Futures Exchange trading floor. Um, and we just slowly phased them out um, due to the improvements in technology. Um, so we actually have a data centre out in Gore Hill. That's where all the action It's not quite as sexy, <laughs> i got to say. I will not be trying to pitch a live event for the data centre. Yeah, oh, look. I'd love to see that. <laughs> hey, Bryce, have you seen a server? Just imagine a million servers. <laughs> to be fair, it's quite cool, but, you know, it's a... Uh, it's not as exciting, of course, as having a trading or live trading floor. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yes, that's where all the trading happens on servers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So a lot of businesses uh, for the ASX, but I think probably the thing that I'm most excited about uh, to talk about today, especially uh, for an audience of young, young and beginner investors, is something that the ASX doesn't make any money from. It's not a business unit, but it is incredibly valuable. And that is the educational resources that the ASX provides. I think a lot of people probably are familiar or know of the share market game. A lot of schools encourage uh, school kids to uh, play it where you get fake money and you learn to invest. Or if you like Bryce, you just punt it all on one stock and hope ah, to win. see, you can't do that in the rules <laughs> of the stock market game. Uh, that was a test you passed. Oh, very good. You're, uh, you're familiar with the rules then. Yeah, I've played it. Very it's good. Not, it's not all lies. <laughs> but, Ellen, if you could uh, give us an overview of all of the educational resources that the ASX offers, that would be great. So the share market game, really, in, in one line, great way to learn to invest in shares without spending your own money. Mm, yeah. And I think it's a very safe way, safe environment um, for you to really understand, you know, um, and, you know, put your knowledge into practice, essentially. Um, so you get the $50,000 virtual fake cash, as he said, and you can trade in 200 stocks. There's now 45 new ETFs in the game. Um, and it's great because you get to play using life prices. Mm. So, you know, it's, it is like the real world situation and, you know, you won't be burned by it. Yes. Um, so there's prizes to be won as well as a sweetener and um, as an individual or as if you want to play in the league. Um, I think we run a couple of these games throughout the year, but I think the next game in 2022 will start, um, the registrations will start in early February. Yeah, I believe two two games open to the general public, two games mm-hmm. open to school kids. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. So on top of the share market game, and I should say the Investor Day, uh, which is a great educational resource, uh, what other resources do the ASX offer? 
Yeah, so for those who are keen for online tutorials, uh, we have free online courses on shares, on ETFs and any other products. Um, it is a really great way to learn because um, you you get to know instantly whether you got it right or not. So I think it's a really good way to really validate that knowledge as well. We produce a monthly investment products report, which um, to me, it's very, very exciting. Um, <laughs> but essentially, it's a monthly data um, that we push out to um, to everybody. It's available to the public um, on each product's performance and trading activity. And I think it's a really, really important resource when you're really trying to understand what you're investing in and how it's going. We run a monthly podcast as well. So I just want to yeah, let no, you know. No, no plugs. <laughs> facts are facts. So we, we do have a monthly podcast that's hosted by one of our team, Martin Din. He's our senior product specialist here at ASX. He's fantastic. And he talks to a lot of experts as well to get an idea of the different ways to invest using investment products. It's called the IDs Exchange. Find us on your favourite podcast platform. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great. It's a monthly podcast. So, you know, it's about you know half an hour, 40 minutes or so. It's, it's a great way to get some more information um, and it's a great conversation. Um, so on the newsletter side, we have a monthly investment newsletter called the ASX Investor Update. Um, for the latest insights, you can subscribe now on our ASX website. And then we've got Investor Day, which is, you know, our key investor education initiative. Well, speaking of Investor Day, what, what do you really hope that, um, you know, not only the Equity Mates community, but broader Australians get out of the event that you put on? This is really, really important. And, you know, this is why we do what we do. What I really hope people can get out of the program, you know, Equity Mates community or any of our investors is that you don't need to be afraid to start investing. And there's actually a whole world of knowledge out there. And, you know, we have condensed that into a, you know, a day full of investment insights. And really my hope is that you can get out of that day some really great investment ideas, really brush up on your knowledge um, if you're unsure about certain things or trading strategies and the different ways to look at the technical analysis, for instance, and get really get into the weeds of investing. Um, we've got something there for you and, you know, really build your confidence to invest. And, you know, I really believe that we've designed a program that has something for everyone. And mm -hmm. so I think it's very important that, you know, we continue to promote this to the community and just let them know there's free resource there ready for you. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, it is. It is a great resource. It's great that you got so many speakers to give up their time to come and share their knowledge. Um, I guess that's the pull of the ASX. A few speakers that we can't quite get on the podcast, but when you flash the ASX brand, I guess you can open a few doors. So perhaps you can give me a list of those yeah, yeah. and we'll see what we can do. <laughs> so I think it's a, it's a great, uh, I mean, it's free. So why wouldn't people check it out? But it's, it's uh, pretty unique in terms of the insight you can get. So Helen, speaking of insights, uh, there's plenty of insights that the ASX has uh, or can offer outside of Investor Day. And a key one uh, is the ASX Investor Study. Uh, it's probably the biggest survey of Australian investors that's carried out. It's carried out every couple of years by the ASX. And you've brought a whole bunch of insights from the 2020 Investor Study. So tell us about the study. Tell us what we can learn from it. And um what were some of the key takeaways from the most recent one? We actually started serving Australian investors over 30 years ago and it was it started out as the share ownership study. So as the name suggests, um, we just wanted to know what investors were holding in terms of shares. Um, but over the last few editions, markets have changed and we've really seen a rise in different investment products. And so we've actually expanded that range to cover, you know, all of those products, you know, ETFs, unlisted managed funds, um, hybrids and warrants and so on. So in 2020, um, we also 
did this survey back at the start of the year. And then um, if you all recall the events that have taken place after that, COVID hit pretty hard. And we then went out with a second set of surveys to really just understand what investors are doing um, in response to the pandemic. So um, personally, I feel that this was a really, really great time to you know, delve into the mindset of the investors and how they're responding um, to that. Uh, the Australian Investor Study in 2020 has called out a couple of things, um, some established but also emerging demographics and talks us through a little bit about their approach to investing. Um, so in a nutshell, there's been a growing number of new investors over the last few years and a special call out is we've seen a rise in women and also younger Australians actively investing. Um, this trend looks to continue as this new wave of investors come onto the market um, and of course, a sizable of older Australians have really cemented their place as our country's high value individual investors. Um, so there's no surprise there. And with larger portfolios and high trade volumes, many of them tend to execute their trades using a self-managed super fund. And so one of the really interesting areas I thought, you know, I could share with you today is on the next generation investors. You know, a quarter of new investors are in this age group. And when we say next gen, um, we're talking about the 18 to 24 year olds in Australia. And the last two years have seen a real influx of these investors yeah. coming onto the market. Most are likely to hold ETFs and are using ETFs as a starting point. So there's a less of an emphasis on traditional investments like shares and residential property, you know, given how house prices are going. <laughs> I was going no to say, that might us. not be by choice. Yeah, <laughs> Probably not by choice, but, you know, um, a real estate investment trust or REITs yeah. gives you affordable exposure to property as well. So we've seen, um, I think the stats say something like one in 10 um, younger investors are currently holding that. Yeah. I think it's really positive to see that 18 to 24 year olds are starting their investing journey with ETFs. Mm. Like just starting in general. Well, <laughs> of course. Yeah. Starting in general is great, but not feeling tr like they have to start with an individual share and find realizing they can dip their toe in the water. Like that is a really pleasing thing to see. Yeah. yeah. I often think about that. Like if they were as prolific as they are now, back when we, playing the share market game 10 years ago, mm. would our approach have been somewhat different? Um, because they, they, they no doubt existed, but they were nowhere near as like tuned into the thematics that mattered to a 20-year-old 20, 20 yeah. and available as, you know, as, as easily available mm. as they are now. And, and everything that we'd learned up to that point had really been that like Buffett, choose a stock that's undervalued, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, to your point, Ren, really good to see. It's particularly if you're starting at 18 and you're not think you're not going to start when you're 40, that period of compounding is epic. Yeah. Really something to be said about power of compounding. You know, I think at ASX, we, we've seen a, a really rising popularity of uh, adoption of ETFs, um, particularly around the new um, new investors in the market. You know, we see it really as a low cost way to diversify and, you know, you can have $500 to invest. You can buy a stock, sure, a company or a share, but you can also spend the 500 bucks into, you know, one of your ETFs that gives you, you know, hundreds of different mm. exposures in yeah. one trade. So, yeah, there, there's something quite beautiful about that. There is, there is. Were there any other key takeaways from the investor study that you think are worth sharing with the audience? Yeah, I think um, it would be worth probably highlighting um the female demographics mm. as well in the study. So that was that was definitely another um, 
you know, quite an interesting takeaway for me. When we did this last year of those who started investing in the last 12 months, 45% were female. Um, that's up from 30% or so from those who started five to oh. 10 years ago. Um, so with female investors, they tend to approach investing um, a little bit more cautiously. So that's what they're telling us than men. And almost two thirds prefer guaranteed or stable returns. Um, they typically have smaller portfolios uh, compared to men, but still it's quite encouraging to see a rise um, in female investors in our market. Yeah, it is great yeah. to see. So Helen, you've got the inside scoop at what's going on with all investors and we're going to pick your brain on some of the tips and tricks that you're seeing. But before we do, we're just going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. All right, Helen. So it's that point of the conversation where we're going to hear some tips and tricks straight from the ASX. So uh, based on the study, what are some of the common mistakes or observations that you've seen beginner investors make? Probably not so much mistakes, but maybe we should reframe that and talk about some of the findings we've got from the investor study. And, you know, when we're out there talking to investors and roadshows, um, just kind of what they're telling us. The first one is uh, where you get information from. And when we asked investors what kind of information sources they're using to make decisions about investing for the next gen investors, their number one source is family and friends. While that is also good that your network's there to help you and talk a little bit about what they're doing and, you know, what's done well for them, it's still really important to educate yourself and do your own research so you understand what you're investing in. From the study, over half of the next-gen investors tell us they prefer to get their information on um, online reading materials, tutorials, videos, or podcasts. So use those around you. You know, it's available. There's an abundance of it um, to make your own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the second one is around um, the concept of diversification for your portfolio. So when I say diversification, you know, I just mean investing in a variety of products and asset classes to help you reduce the overall risk to your investment. So, you know, when you're getting started, don't put all your eggs into the one basket. So if you have a diversified portfolio, uh, often you can offset the losses on some investments as you gain on others. Um, an example of this is, you know, last March when, um, you know, our share markets fell by, you know, 30% or so, uh, we saw that people who held bonds were able to cushion their falls. So there's something to be said about, you know, just picking a variety of different products um, uh, to um, diversify your portfolio. So 60% tells us they have a diversified portfolio from our study, but more than half of them, about 58%, have all of their money in one or two types of investment products. So, um, yeah, I think it's something really to consider. Yeah, that's interesting. Mm. And I think the third one is, um, I think it's just life advice as well (laughs) in general. Um, But don't be afraid to start investing. Often, you know, when we work with different investors at events, um, I hear that a lot of younger investors, um, they tell us they don't think they've got enough to start investing. You know, in Australia, we're very fortunate to um, have a system in place where you can invest with very small amounts. Mm. You know, you can start with 500 bucks. And a broker account. Yeah, well, these days with micro-investing apps, right. you can start with even less. Even fewer. Yeah, yeah that, exactly right. So something to be said about, you know, having your time in market. Yeah. Time in market. Yeah, I think that's so important. We are starting to record our summer series for Get Started Investing and we're speaking to a whole bunch of people from the community and we ask them what's one thing they wish they knew when they got started or what's one myth they believed when they got started. And the number one with a bullet, so many people are saying it, I didn't think I had enough money to start investing. And if there's one myth that we can bust, I think that's a really important one. Yeah, absolutely. That's your one key takeaway from listening to this episode. Get started. (laughs) Get started investing. Nice, nice. 
So important we named the podcast after it. (laughs) (laughs) True to label. Yeah. If that's one of the big myths that we hear, the number one question that we hear here at Equity Mates is what broker should I sign up with? Now, the ASX isn't a broker um, and we don't want you to pick favourites, so we don't want you to tell us which one we should sign up with. But from the ASX's perspective, how would you approach that question? What would you think about? What are some of the considerations and how do we sort of narrow our options down? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously, thank you. I don't know everybody's situation, so I can't tell you Mm. exactly who. But I can tell you some important questions you should be thinking about to help with that decision. Um, So I guess, firstly, how much do you have to invest? Uh, What do you want to invest in? And do you need advice or recommendations from a professional? And I think about this in sort of a decision tree, I guess, if you like. So say you're happy to invest online, you can choose between an online or full service broker. Um, So I can break that down for you a little bit more. So with the online brokers, say you're very confident in your knowledge and you're interested in low cost trading, then you may prefer an online stock broker. If you're looking at online brokers, there's also a few things you need to think about. So what's that online experience look like, the portal? Um, what's your access to research and, you know, what tools or education they might have. Um, and then another consideration is how are your assets being held? So is it held on a HIN, a holder identification number or a custodial model? So the HIN um, essentially just means your name is on the title um, when you invest um, in that way and all of your investments are in one place. With a full service broker or an advisor, they can help you, you know, think about your goals and what you want to achieve and, They'll help you set those goals and um, give you a tailored plan. So one of the benefits of using a full service broker is that you can talk to someone, you know, get get some ideas with, um, get some ideas going and uh, get some access to research or even a level of advice. So whether it's just an execution type of advice or uh, if you want a tailored um, investment plan. So we've got a list of online and full service brokers on ASX website to help you with that as well. So uh, for a lot of people, you mentioned there, Helen, um, you know, some people feel like they need to get professional help and, and um, you know, we encourage people to make their own decisions and do your own research, but sometimes having that professional there to help you is really positive part of your investing journey. So what, what do you think is the value of a financial advisor? And that flows on to how do you find the right one for you, depending on where you're at in your investing journey? Yeah, I think, um, first of all, you know, financial advisors can, um, as I mentioned before, can really help you assess your situation and then help you set your goals. These are, you know, qualified professionals who recommend investments that's tailored to your needs and help you explore your options. When we think about the value of advice um, from the investor study, this is what investors have told us. So 84% of respondents who are already getting advice found their advisor to be really helpful um, when the COVID pandemic hit the hardest on portfolios last year. And 63% of Australians are actually open to receiving financial advice in the future. And more than a quarter of them, about 27%, have used an advisor, stockbroker or manager in the last year. Um, So it seems that for those investors who are getting advised, they're more likely to capitalise on different investment opportunities during COVID because um, there's a vast majority of them, about 68%, have made changes to their portfolio to respond to the pandemic. And most had agreed that their advisor had been really helpful. So I think the value of advice when we think about, um, you know, what's the role of a financial advisor is to help you navigate those situations. So there's been a renewed interest in getting advice due to the way people saw how markets played out last year and, you know, what they needed to do with their investments. 
But when it comes to looking for an advisor, a quarter of them tell us they don't know how to find a suitable advisor. Um, so that's where ASX comes in um, and hoping that we could help um, help you solve for that potentially. So we've recently launched the ASX Find an Advisor website uh, with just a few clicks. Um, and if you can tell us where you're located and how much um, you have to invest, we can link you up with advisors to start that initial conversation. I had a look on the website before this interview and I think it's great. Uh, you know, there's a couple of other uh, like find an advisor services. I think the government has one, ASIC or ATO, one, one of the um, agencies has one. But the thing I really like about the ASX is one is you can say how much money you have yeah. because that's the biggest challenge when people in the community ask us, how do I find an advisor? It's often followed up with I only have a few thousand dollars to invest or something like that. And for so many advisors, that's it, they can't take clients with that small dollar amount. So being able to stipulate the amount you have when you're searching for an advisor, I think is pretty valuable. Yeah. So it's a good, it's a good service. Yeah, um, that's great well feedback. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. You know, I, I think um, hopefully uh, your community will find this useful as well. Everything's sitting on the ASX website. Yeah. Yeah. If you have an advisor, it doesn't mean you don't have to do the work. We've heard uh, plenty of advisors give some strange advice. My parents had some strange advice from advisors. So do the work, ask the hard questions of your advisor, but you know, there's a reason that they're a professional and they can help. Mm. Yeah. Thinking about what you've learnt at the ASX and the people that you've learnt from, what advice would you give your younger self when you were just starting your investing journey? Yeah, so Bryce, I guess um, still advice that I give to my current self. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, when we're just starting out as an investor, I would say get started. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't mean to be funny, but yeah, get started investing is very important. Get started early, start small, don't be afraid to start because there are a lot of ways, as we've talked about earlier, that you can get involved and you can start investing. Be very clear about your goals and what you want to achieve. And I think it's critical to have um, a long-term investment horizon and keep it simple mm. if you can. So make sure you educate yourself. Um, I know I, was, I kind of harped on a little bit about, you know, know, do your research and understand what you're investing in but also don't get too caught up with all the information out there because it can be overwhelming. Yeah, that's a really, I think that's a really important note to end on and it's a really difficult balancing act and no one ever gets it right between, you know, having enough information and not being overwhelmed. Um, so I think trying to educate yourself but also not stopping that getting started is a really important message to end with. Well, Helen, it's been a great way to kick off the ASX Investor Week here on Get Started Investing. So thank you very much. Thank you for everything that you're doing over at the ASX educating investors no matter what level of experience they have. A reminder to all of the Get Started Investing community to head across to the ASX website. There will be a link in the show notes to take you through to all of the amazing presentations that have been put up for the next three weeks from today. They will be available for free so you can go and uh, watch them all weekend. Forget binging Netflix, binge the ASX Investor Day. <laughs> Probably the best promotion I can get. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. It was a pleasure uh, and thank you very much. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Get Started Investing is a product of Equity Bates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Get Started Investing are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. 
For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the EquityMates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, EquityMates Media and the hosts of Get Started Investing acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.